See you on the other side, Rick. Awesome 80s Podcast. Awesome! Totally awesome! You're not gonna fall for the banana and the tailpipe? I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! It all starts here. Don't fuck with the lords of hell. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. You're gonna see some serious shit. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? And I'm ready. We go for white. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome 80s Podcast. This is Michael. This is Lawrence. Uh, I don't think Jake's going to do it now. See, so here's the deal. Jake what everyone gonna... loves about an Awesome 80s Podcast is our dynamic openings. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this is Lawrence. Uh, so Jake, was, Jake uh, had a situation yesterday. Uh, you he, say it was an Awesome 80s crisis. He left home a boy, and he returned home... Vocally speaking, a man. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so I didn't, when he called me from his phone, I thought he like someone else was playing a prank. Uh, it turns out my son's voice, uh, it changed a lot. Uh, but now, like day two, it's like going in and out. And he's, okay. currently, he's currently back to a high point. Oh, that's really cool, Jake. Thanks for Maybe he's regressing. Back to boyhood. Yeah, he's regressing, uh, but it go, comes in and out, and he just it didn't sound good enough, so he'll he wants to save it. Uh, like a, it's, like uh, a it's, sultry, like Barry White situation. Oh, it is so Barry White. <laughs> and this kid, you know, this he's become quite a ukulele player, playing the loop around the uh, the Midwest, and uh, now he's worried, like that that lovable childlike voice is gone. And now it just sounds like a horrible man. Do you remember in, in KOTB when Joey's voice changed? It was a, it was a crisis. I remember it yeah. being a crisis yeah. in my circle crisis. of friends. No longer <laughs> hanging tough. Uh, here's the deal. If I pass a lemonade stand, you got to get some. I always stop and get some and I always give them if it's under a dollar, if you're charging a dollar, I'll still buy it, but that's all you're getting. But if it's under a dollar, you get a full dollar. I, if yeah, this one was 50 cents. I doubled it just, and they only gave me, I know the people at home can't see this, but they only filled it up to here. (laughs) They basically ripped me off. Those kids are going to spill that if they put it any higher. But I mean, I also, I, I hate change as a rule. So I'd rather just give them full, full money anyway. Right, and I, I want to feel like a big shot, though. Like, when the kid took it back, oh. they all, like, yelled, hi, thank you. You know, that made me feel like a big shot. Like, who do you think you are, Mr. Hey, big, big spender. <laughs> uh, hey, I just started listening to Boomerang. You've already probably listened to it. How was it? Um, I thought Was it, was it just us rambling on? Well, mostly, I, I listened to parts of it. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I felt like we had a lot of fun. It was good. I had fun. But yeah, our previous episodes were, um, uh, we did uh, Smokey and the Bandit, um, Last American Virgin. What else did we do? Uh, Boomerang. Uh, so Boomerang. go back and uh, revisit our back catalog. We do a lot of uh, fun stuff here and talk about 80s things. <laughs> it's the worst plug ever. 
you, you plug stuff. I had a plug in there. I don't know. Well, I'm still living my best life. Live your best life now. Uh, I am. Uh, this week, I've sat by uh, the private pool a lot. Done that. That's been enjoyable. I saw. I got to meet uh, Warren G., your child, briefly. Your daughter looks evil now, man. <laughs> well, like she like tries to like step on him and like she'll like headbutt him like a goat situation. Like I'm still in charge here. And like you could tell she wants to kick him out of the bed. Like that's where she's at emotionally. Yeah, it's not going to end well. Uh, by the way, real quick, before I forget, the episode we're doing today, Rad, uh, is uh, thank you, Brian Davis. Uh Brian Davis suggested this, and uh, I recently put out a poll on our Twitter page, and we got a lot of uh, people uh, who gave us responses. So thank you. Uh, All of your responses are recorded in the awesome 80s Bible, and uh, we will be getting to those. Uh, And real quick, Brian Davis does do that podcast we mentioned the last couple weeks, Damn Good Movie Memories. So check that out on your iTunes or wherever you're podcasts are available uh but yes we are here at the awesome Ace podcast and we do we are going to do rad uh slash balls out i did want my son <laughs> last night to watch this movie with me but he chose not to now he's mad that i'm saying that but it's true i have text messages to prove it uh he may have made the better choice he may have made the better choice okay. uh have you been watching any new shows uh, there's a lot of new shows happening um, what shows are you talking about? Well, so is that a no? No. Um, what's the, uh, the show with Rob Lowe and Fred Savage? They play lawyers. Right. Uh, that is the grinder. That was one of me and Jake's favorite shows. Unfortunately, it's off the air. It only lasted one. It's season. currently on the Netflix and it's something my wife and I can both sit down and watch. Cause I think, I think Fred Savage is awesome and she thinks, Rob Lowe's handsome, but he's actually pretty. I, fu- I think he's funny in this. I think he's actually he's hilarious. Funny. I think that was one of the most underrated shows of two seasons ago. Like in Parks and Rec, I I I dreaded. I don't know. I didn't think he was that funny. But oh, I, I thought he was I think, great. Well, glad you did. But I I I've come around watching the grinder, thinking he's pretty funny. He's hilarious. That uh, videotapes he shot back in the eighties were really funny. Uh, those two girl co stars. They're underage. <laughs> okay. So uh, I I started watching this week a show called I'm Sorry. It's on the True TV. True TV is doing amazing things with comedy these days. Uh, it's uh, written and starred by Andrea Savage, but it has a lot of uh, familiar faces, a lot of the type of uh, characters and, and actors and comedians that we enjoy their work, uh, including Judith Light was in the first episode. She played a bitchy lady, uh, you know. The boss. Which one's Judas Light? Judith Light. She was, she was the boss. Oh, the boss. From and, the boss. Yeah. From who's the boss? Okay, that's right. <laughs> Mona. <laughs> Mona. Uh, also, Glow. You can't. Uh, you can't talk about television these days without talking about Glow. Funny. I thought, I thought Mark Maron made the show. Annie. Really a- Annie from Community. She got progressively annoying. And I couldn't really get behind her as a character. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I hate you, Annie. So as most uh, Genji Cohen shows, this one takes a while to get into. But it's only 10 episodes. So if it takes you like five episodes to buy in, 
you're not there's not a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, but what helped me a lot is after episode three, Netflix has a documentary about Glow. It's about an hour and twenty two minutes. Yeah. Watching that really helped me because it allowed me to follow along like the, what they're actually trying the story they're trying to portray because it's the real life stuff that happened in Glow and what and so there it allowed me to make a correlation to what the show's doing and I really enjoyed the show enjoyed I talk the show more after that. I guess um, I really love the show. I love they kind of have like a nod to the dark scenes of Fashion Times of Ridgemont High and then Last American Virgin. Um, they also I love the whole thing except I know for a fact that people that don't know how to wrestle need someone to come in and train them how to wrestle. <laughs> yeah, and it felt like the brothers of the bigger girl like they were going to come in and be like, okay, we'll train you guys for real now. I felt like that was going to happen well, and it never did. You need more what? than just one stunt woman to teach a group of people how to wrestle. What? Well, in in the real life, the Chavo brothers taught them. Yeah, because I think uh, it's the younger, like the one Chavo Chavo Guerrero is doing it right now, right? Yeah, Chavo Guerrero Jr. is actually teaching them off stage. And then uh, originally it was camera. his uncle or father, right? Yeah, Hector uh, and one of the other ones. And then the her brothers in the show. One of them was the Funkasaurus, who was. Uh, a wrestler in WWE and most recently in TNA. Uh, so I was like, Oh, it's the Funkasaurus. But there, there are a lot of great like eighties moments, eighties fashion and stuff like that. It, and the, the characters, each individual character has its own little side story. And it's kind of like orange is new black. Like right. you can, and which is I, with the yeah, and weeds and like you get into it and you want to love each individual character. And it, 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 cause at first I thought it was just going to be what I know she's, her name's not Annie, Annie's boobs. The girl from oh uh, Brie Lars Brie sorry, Allison Brie Allison Brie, uh, but I thought it was just going to be her story. And I'm like I can't get behind a whole series with this annoying character, but well, yeah, that's how they started out with uh, Orange is New Black or not uh, with uh, Orange is New Black. Yeah. It was all about the main, and then they switch. You know, once yeah. they get them established, they they move off in all directions. Uh, I want to go back real quick. I'm sorry, I mentioned. Uh, the show, I'm sorry, but I really didn't talk about it. It's kind of uh, like a layer. I don't want to say it's like a curb, but a lot of those curbs spawn like a certain type of sitcom, an awkwardness, if you will. But this show, they hit the like the awkward point, but then like she like steps into the awkward. Like she owns it uh, in a funny way, whereas like Curb, he never quite owns it. He just keeps uh, awkward. Making it I'm going to make it more uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I recommend trying. I'm sorry. Uh, it's really funny. And my final one I want to talk about is the Defiant Ones, a four part documentary series that came out on HBO this week. They re- they released all four parts after they aired the first one. Uh, I watched them. It's about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine uh, examines separately their whole careers and all the way to when they mesh together to sell beats for three point two billion dollars to Apple. Uh, phenomenal documentary. Like, what do you sell that out? Like, what do you do with your life? Like, what are you supposed to do? What do you do? It talks about that. Yeah. actually. Like <laughs> Trey's going through that. Cause he's has this album, uh, detox. It has been rumored for six years and he just doesn't know what way to take it. It'd be so hard. Cause you're like, I want to make this perfect. And then just be sitting there. I know. Or he, t- like, he, he, he doesn't have the motivation right now just because, he is a billionaire. 
And he's such a perfectionist that he doesn't want to release anything that's not perfection. So anyway, it's four, it's a little over four hours, maybe closer to five, uh, broken up into four parts. It is so, it's really good. It basically, like, there was a lot of criticisms of Straight Outta Compton where it didn't show Dre's bad side. Mm-hmm. And this, like, interviews the main woman who sued him for beating her up. Like, she gets her voice in it for finally. And then he doesn't address her specifically because there's, there's a lot more victims out there who he beat up in the day. Women. I don't, believe, I don't believe it. He talks, he admits to it in the, in the documentary. And he basically, like, apologizes in a way that you could tell was sincere and that doesn't excuse what he did in, you know, but he understands that as well. I thought it was a really good, genuine documentary. Dr. Dre notoriously hates cameras. Uh, also there was a whole thing about Stevie Nicks dating Jimmy Iovine, which I never knew about. I thought it was great. I strongly recommend watching this. Um, I did want to give a shout out real quick to Brandon P. He, uh, completed our entire catalog. How do you know this? Uh, we got a message from Mr. Brandon P. Where? On the book face. To the, to the, to the messages? <laughs> you, you check the messages? You never check the messages. I always check you the don't, messages. You don't always check the messages. You don't even, how about, what do we, what's the last thing we Twittered about, Glenn? That's, I Twitter. That's a, I know, but, but you're in charge of that thing. I'll be in charge of my thing. I Twittered today about Boomerang. I think Boomerang. Did you Twitter about Boomerang or did I Twitter about Boomerang? I Twitter about Boomerang. Yeah, I, I Twittered about Boomerang. How did you Twitter about Boomerang? It's automatically set up for when it... Anyway, uh, check out Boomerang. It's uh, We had a lot, a lot of fun doing that episode. I don't know about this episode, but... Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I'm living my best life. So let's talk about Rad. Uh, the uh, 1986 Rad. classic Rad. His name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. The world would be a lot better off without kids. We're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held, Hell Track. This is a very important race. The very finest riders in the country are here riding for some $100,000. Hell Track in this big town. They've got to be kidding. This is a joke. I really think I can get this one. I think I've got a chance. I don't want to hear any more about it. Everyone's on his case. Get that. The paper boy thinks he's a pro. He's nothing next to Bart Taylor. He's got the style. There's something about the way you ride so naturally. And he's going to prove it. I've never seen such raw determination and talent in one kid. Against the factory hotshots. Looks like the local yokel's gonna race after all. It's gonna take a miracle to beat this guy. Against the big money fixers. All you have to do is take out that kid. Against impossible odds. You scared now? This guy doesn't even stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. He's going for it all. Rad. Originally titled Balls Out. Balls to the wall. Balls out. Balls out. Uh, All I got to say, it's it's no BMX bandits. So this is the first time I think I've ever sat down to watch Red. I've seen it, uh, as we talked about many times, with the HBO effect where you see it bits and pieces. And yeah. It's just on. I don't think I ever sat down to watch it beginning to end until yesterday. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing it. 
Uh, my first comment, we'll start in the beginning. We have the opening song, which in the beginning sounds like a famous 80s song. And I couldn't figure out, and then it was not. It like had the same hook, but then went a completely different direction about breaking ice. Uh, we got to get ready to break the ice. Uh, very long opening sequence with a lot of j- people jumping on bikes. It's the longest opening sequence I've ever seen. Well, you got to let people know this is going to be a lot of bike tricks in this movie. And also, it lets you know that there's just going to be a lot of montages throughout this film as well. <laughs> it's no Rocky Four, It's no Vanilla Ice, Cool as Ice. But it's there's going to be some montages in this movie. Some montages. Uh, so... Very long uh, opening credit sequence. Uh, and we we stumble upon a bunch of small town paper boys who like to throw papers wherever they want and do tricks and jump their bikes over things and just basically wreak havoc on these poor small town people who just want to read their news. Read their damn paper. I was just thinking about that. I'm like, did you have when you delivered the paper, did you have people people that told you that you could not walk on their grass? Oh, I, yeah, they had people who had all sorts of rules. Uh, like some people wanted their paper up up high, other people wanted it down low, other people wanted it in between the doors, uh, between the storm door and the regular door. Like there's so many weird ass rules, and it's like all I'm saying is they would not be delivering papers today. <laughs> if they didn't tip, I didn't. Get, I did not follow their rules. Okay, <laughs> uh, there was one lady. At that time, we had to have the paper delivered by 6.30 a.m. on a weekend or on the weekday and 7.30 on Sundays. And this one lady called at 6.35. I was down the street. I was running late that day. She was two minutes away from getting her paper, and she calls the pantograph. And I don't find out until I get home. I'm like, well, she said she didn't get her paper. She got it like two minutes after she called. Anyway, I she did not get her paper near her porch for a solid six months in the dead of Illinois winter. Because that is uncalled for. There's an unspoken code. I put it in your door. You give me some 10 minutes leeway. She learned. And she started tipping once I started putting it back in her door. Well, another thing, he made sure that the fire department, even though they went on a call, that they got their paper. I thought that was interesting. Because it's like a lot of firefighters, they get pretty upset if they don't get their paper. They want to read yesterday's paper and today's paper before they go home. All right. Well, little fact from the fireman. All right. Uh, so these guys, this open credit sequence, where there or this uh, paperboy sequence, where they're flying all over town, throwing the papers wherever they please, it told me that these guys have it all together. They're the coolest guys around. If you don't know that they're the coolest, you're not in the know. Uh, they. Now they're on their way to school. They jump over the preppies with their bikes. Uh, it kind of hints that maybe there's going to be a uh, like a division in the high school early on, like where they're going to you know do the classic uh, '80s thing where you see the different divisions. That really didn't happen. No, obviously it's going to happen because you saw it in the first scene. It's going to happen. It's it going to be not, no. It's it obviously happen. it's going to happen. It did not. And then we find out that Katie, I don't know who the fuck Katie is, but dating crew was like the biggest mistake she's ever made. And then was that even follow up on? No, it was just kind of like just throwaway lines in the beginning. I guess it's just there to let you know that crew's not gay and he's available. Because I'm sitting here writing down these what I expect to be important plot points. (laughs) It's like later this is going to be paid off. Um, before we go any further, I just want to let you know that uh, our friend PL was really into this into this film, 
And oh, I'm glad you mentioned him. <laughs> okay. He is. He has, as of late, shown up on the local Pokemon forums. He is really into Pokemon too. I bet. I bet he counts cards. Well, the the, the game. I don't know about the cards. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I bet. I bet he. Uh, you mean the one on your phone? The one on your phone that you're still on, like Glenn and ten other. 30-something-year-old men are going out there catching all their Pokemon on their phone. That's what you're talking about. Well, I don't about. need to catch anymore. I have them all. Because our, our, our friend Josh, he's involved with the cards. Oh. Yeah. Your friend Josh. Yes, our friend Josh. Your friend You're going to alienate all your friends, Glad. I'm going to keep saying our friends. Josh doesn't. He alienated me. Maybe. Too many open-mouth kisses. And your friend A.B., he, he, I'm just straight up blocked. <laughs> he has me blocked. Well, what happens when you see him at the high school reunion? What are you going to do then? Uh, I'm not going. When the disco ball lights hit both your eyes, what are you going to do? Not going to the high school gonna, reunion. In fact, hey, you want to go black to my blazer and listen to November Rain? Let's go listen to November Rain. In fact, two things. A, my brother in law just bought his house, his childhood home, yesterday. Really? And B, uh, in order to get your pictures, like in the video, you had to send them to him. And I could not send them to him because I have no way to contact him on the Facebooks. <laughs> so he made the, uh, he's using the Apple video to make his adopt. Yep. So I'm sure you'll hear from him next week or in two weeks. I'm sure. I think he wants to stay in my house. Oh, <laughs> Well, good luck to you. With the baby wife. and everything. I just, the baby, I I don't know if my wife figured out how to do a time machine, but the baby looks like uh, a little bit of my wife and a little bit of Winston Churchill. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on there. It seems like this is a Bill and Ted 3 situation. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, crew, the coolest kid in that high school. If you don't know he's the coolest, he's the coolest. So... Next, we see the bad guy from Short Circuit 2, and he is at like a press conference uh, for the local townspeople. He's making Helltrack a reality. Right away, you can – you know he's a bad guy. Was he, his name Wally in Short Circuit 2? Wally. No, Henry? that's from Wally. That's from Wally, Glenn. I couldn't remember what his name was. <laughs> I'll look it up. Anyway, so the lady, the old lady in the crowd uh, of this small town, she doesn't think it's fair that all the short circuit or that all the uh, <laughs> that all the town's kids aren't going to be able to participate in Helltrack because it's being built in their town. So on the fly, Mr. Duke, better known as bad guy for short circuit too, he, uh, he declares that there will be a special race just for the locals. And if one of them happens to qualify for Hell Race, he will give our Hell Track. He will give them ten thousand dollars and a chance to compete for the hundred thousand dollars and brand new. Uh, is it a Corvette? Yeah, Corvette. Corvette. Um, with the very initial scene, you get introduced to Ray Walston, who's kind of an a-hole old guy in the beginning, but comes around to a good guy. You old mean- guy. Mr. Hand? Mr. Hand, yes. I'm only referring to him in, in my notes. Okay, we'll just Hand. say Mr. Hand. Uh, my you. mom knows him from uh, Picket Fences. Yeah, I, you know what? I thought about that. <laughs> I was like, he was in Picket Fences, but most famously in in Fast, Fast Times, Times at Ridgemont yeah. High. Uh, oh, 
Hey, Jake, there's a guy going around town trying to pick up children. Don't get in his van unless he offers you free candy. Is there ice cream? Man. I don't know. I have to. It, the news flirt just flashed on the phone. Parents, watch out. Parents, watch out. Don't get in that so, van. Don't get in that van. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, we, yeah. We, Mr. Hand from uh, Fast Times. Hola, Mr. Hand. Uh, he's, like you said, he's kind of a jerk. We don't want to foreshadow, although you already did what may happen in the future. Uh, and then who else do we got? Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Oh, that's who it was. That's what his name was. And say, say it in the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's his say name? It in the Jack, voice. Jack Weston. He played Oscar oh, in uh, in in Short Circuit Two. He was very uh uh he was a, a, a big dick in that movie. And of course, he's a big dick in this movie as well. Our podcast is just downhill. On threads just downhill. Right now. It's on threads. The, the fact that you won't say do the Johnny Five voice is infuriating. Uh, that's not even the word. I'm so mad I can't even say it right. You gonna say it? One thing about this film that it I'll was, interrupt everything you said. It was uh, uh, once again directed by Hal Needham, who did uh, Smokey and the Bandit Two. And it felt like that he was like, I'm a stuntman. I'm going to make stuntman movies. And this was a lot of fun of a, as a movie. But as far as like story-wise, we'll get there. We'll unpack the story. Um, I think, yeah, I can't uh, do the voice. But as far as like other Burt Reynolds movies, I think we he did um, Cannibal Run, did, I think, as well, too. They do Gator. <laughs> Oscar was in Gator. <laughs> It feels feels as though we should do more uh, Burt Reynolds movies, Glenn. I agree. All right. Do the voice. <laughs> after um, after the community meeting, uh, we get introduced to the. Uh, this is when we get introduced to the cop, right? Sergeant yeah, Smith. So yeah, so uh, they announced at this community meeting, biggest race in BMX history, hundred thousand dollar prize plus a new Corvette. Uh, we do, we talked about the local, the local youth. See how upset you have me? I am rattled. Uh, and then, yeah, so crew sees the local, uh, motorcycle cop and, uh, he, they're in their hideout of sorts in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, I guess it's kind of tradition for a crew to race the motorcycle cop. Uh, you're kind of led to believe that the cop get like enjoys it. He gets off on it. It kind of felt like maybe the intro of Iron Eagle a little bit too, where they're like, oh, this is the race we're going to do, something we always do. When we're not ass sliding, this is what we're going to do. Except no attempted murder in this one. Nope. So uh, they they drive through, uh, what was it, a junkyard or some pilots? It, it was a lumber yard, like an like actual like, cut-down trees, piles of giant trees everywhere. And I was looking through stuff. I guess this was filmed in Canada. I'm like, yep, they got trees in Canada. We cut them all down. <laughs> Just checks out. Uh, so after a couple minutes of just kind of racing back and forth, crew wins, ditches the cop. Uh, next thing we see is is the best ginger fro this side of Brett Preston. <laughs> it's a little child. He's got a ginger fro. And, uh, and of course, he's... Meet- He's the bully. Well, He's the bully in this situation. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I think Wesley was the bully. Okay. Uh, Wesley is Crew's little sister. She's full of spunk. No, no, don't, don't. Like Punky Brewster. She's more of a Punky okay, Brewster good situation. Job, good job. So uh, she's she's kind of she's cursing. She's I don't know seven eight years. And old. people are trying to take her down a peg about. I mean, she thinks her brother's amazing, which is important, which is nice to do. But uh, she's she's kind of the bully of the situation, really. That it's really a Daniel Russo situation from Karate Kid, where he's really the bully. And all the kids, they love the uh, star BMX racer Bart, and they think Bart's way better than Crew, probably because he's the number one ranked racer in America, and Crew's not ever actually had a race. So that's probably why the kids think that Bart's better than her brother. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever known the name of a professional BMX racer? Nope. No. Nope. Me neither. Nope. But I mean, if uh, you, I guess if you're into that, you're into that. Um, they, had a, they had a track uh, by Peoria. You ever look go and see that track? Nope. Um, I saw it once. Good story. Yeah, good, good story. Good <laughs> like, I wish I was more into the sport. I just, I mean, not really, but I just, it, I felt like this whole idea of kids riding their bikes everywhere, is that going to be a thing ever again? It's still a thing. Like, I think people downplay. It's still a thing. I just remember being in, like groups of like seven or eight kids riding bikes. Yeah, that still happens. It does? Yeah, except now they're called gangs. <laughs> because because people are afraid. People and they are, shouldn't be. Okay. They say, Oh, I wish more kids would get outside and play together, but when they do get outside and play together, they're like What are all those kids doing? They're gonna cause trouble. Uh anyway, I remember riding on my babysitter uh David on his like bike uh handlebar and being scared to death like i'm gonna die i never want to do this again did he like have ET, pegs is I it just, one of those cool kids with pegs i was on his handlebar okay like the front because uh, one kid at, one kid in my school he had like front pegs and rear pegs so you could have people so, ride the front and back in this case crew takes his little sister uh wesley which is also crew and wesley two weird names for your kids come on adrian anyway uh they're on a bike ride and they drive past a a pink elephant that is as pink as Sammy Sosa is. I mean, <laughs> timely. It's he's, timely. He's starting to look like Cheech. I mean, not in a bad way. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. Dude, he's pink. <laughs> Did you see the picture? Obviously, he's poisoning himself. He's poisoning himself somewhere. Did you see the picture? Yeah. This week. Oh, 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 black cat sent it to me next to muscle men and they were the same shade. <laughs> they had those wrestling rings for the muscle men. Anyway, continue. You and I are wearing the same shirt today. Uh, it's black not, shirt. not much different than this color. This yeah. Yours is pinker. Mine's more red. Well, uh, you I think, think you like my border is pink. Do you guys have hard water? No, I'm, this is how it came. Oh, that's weird. But anyway, same shirt, different different shade of pinkish. Um, I'm waiting on a guy, by the way. I sold a trampoline. Uh, I'm sure that's <laughs> You sold the trampoline in the backyard? Yeah, I got another one. No, it's okay. Okay. So then we get home. We find out that Adrian is their mom. Yo, Adrian! If I'm going to bring legitimacy to this montage-only film, I'm going to have to put Adrian in this. Got to put Adrian in this. Uh and we find out Hell Track is on Cruise uh, SAT Day. So this is the only attempt outside of the actual race they did to try to cause. I mean, there's big conflict with the race down the road. But it sounds like this like was supposed to be the main dilemma. 
and they realized how easy it was to, to get, like. Well, can't get you just take this? the test later? Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So this was like a non-dilemma dilemma. dilemma. Uh, so that's the big dilemma now, Adrian. Uh, I guess his dad was kind of a a dreamer. Maybe a little bit of a piece of shit, but he he's only was young and only saw the good side. Adrian had to deal with all of his their dead shit, so she's like pissed off that the dad even like is still like making decisions, even though he's dead or gone or we don't know. Do we know? Dad wants me to dead. dream. Dad wants me to reach for the stars. Right, and she's like, "Dad's gone." What if you had a child? Like, say, say Jake, he's all set to go to college, but he gets an opportunity to go get a job doing something else. Like working for some robot people, would you would you want him to continue college or go work for robot people? I'd say go work for the robot people. At this point in life, college is just a sham. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear, Glenn. College is a sham. You should you should tell that to all the Republicans and the, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, oh no! That's defunding all the colleges. Oh, I have something to tell you off air. That's too personal to talk about on air. Uh, so, uh, Crew and his friends—they're—they're they're practicing on homemade ramps and mattresses. Does this sound familiar to you? <laughs> it felt like a situation where some adult's going to show up any minute and tell him to take it down. That's what it looked like. What do you mean? What uh, are you guys doing out here? Nothing. You guys should take this ever, down. Did you ever participate in a sporting league that used mattresses? Never. To practice. Well, thank God. I didn't see anybody's parents ever. Really? Yeah, that so that's weird. good. I'm glad there was. A, that's, that's good. I'm glad we got that taken care of. It's like we wrestled in a parentless universe. <laughs> it's like, well, that's that probably, I mean, it was Chris's house. So thank, thank God his parents weren't home when he hooked up with that girl that one time too. So that was you good. Those five girls. Yeah. Those five girls. He, All right. Chris lied about that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, next we see a parade. There's Shriner cars in the parade. I just thought I wanted to throw that out there. That's really the only thing from the parade that that caught my eye. Uh, anything on the parade before we move on to this bitch in high school dance? <laughs> thing that caught my eye during the parade is Lori Laughlin. She caught well, my eye yeah. from the parade. I, we'll, we'll get to we'll Aunt get Becky. to that. We'll get to Aunt Becky in the dance. All right. So next, there's this like high school dance, but. Is it for the BMX thing? I, I got to admit, I was zoning out at this point. I'm doing other things. It kind of felt like it was a celebration. Like, So there's a dance at the high school where a bunch of BMX guys are like. You're also invited. Bart and his twin guys, uh, the the foils, the two of the foils. Uh, Rod, the foils. And Re- Rod and Rex. Yeah, they uh, they're doing this homoerotic BMX dance. It's sequence. like I need you to get out there. I kind of feel I'm I might be overstepping some bounds here, but it felt like the kind of dudes that always try to get in a three way with a chick because they think it's an okay way for them to, them to be gay with each other. If we don't touch, if we don't touch wieners, it's okay. okay. Just look at my look. At uh, my, let's make eye contact. <laughs> um, but they were like doing this gyration thing where they're like humping the floor, and you're like, this is. This is not appropriate, but I think and they had all on bikes. That was later on, but this, they were doing like a coordinated dance. Oh, thing. you're right. You're right. So then, and then Bart, the, the best biker in the world, he's, he's dancing with this, some blonde chick. And then crew and aunt Becky from TVs and Netflix's full house or fuller house. They hit the dance floor. They don't know each other, but they're, they're making love with the bikes. They just, uh, it doesn't seem like they're doing any actual moves. They're just kind of sitting on the bottom. Like you see people do moves from like, 
a master shot. And then when they do the close-ups, it's all slow-mo of them just like sitting like on the bike. It's fantastic. Like you see him in the parking lot, like just doing tricks on her on his bike. And then she's like, I'm going to get my bike. I'm going to go get my bike off the roof of my car. We're going to make sweet, sweet magic with our bikes and, on that, da- on that dance. And, and they're dancing to send me an angel. Dude. Send me an angel. I, w- I was not even Red thinking about, man. I wasn't even thinking about rad last week, but I watched that video. Like sometimes I get, I'm like that person that likes repeat on their on their disc on their disc man, and I watched it like 50 times in a row while I was working on stuff. <laughs> the music for Glow, by the way, is incredible. It's incredible. They have like three of my top 580 songs already. Uh, they didn't do Dance All Days yet, though. But they did Life in a Northern Town. Yeah, I think uh, Glow is fantastic. It's a lot of fun, but I I wish they would have learned how to wrestle. <laughs> But I mean, I'm sure they know how to, I mean, I'm sure that as actresses go, they do know how to wrestle, but it just didn't seem anyway, continue. We're talking about, right. So Aunt Becky, uh, they do their thing. Uh, then like all the next thing, Aunt Becky and crew are like splashing in a river. So here's the thing. There are 200 montages that I didn't write anything down for. It's just like this. This is what's happening from this point on. Every five minutes, there's a montage. But we do get the, they talk about ass sliding a couple times because this is just something people do. They go ass sliding down this gutter into the the river. I, it's just like a water slide, but people wear pants. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, my wife Snapchatted me. Anyway. Right. I know it's <laughs> important. Uh, so... Yeah, they, they're ass sliding, splashing in a river. Crew signs up for Hell Track. And then there's so how, three. How guys. old is crew here? Well, I mean, do you think? He's 18. He's but 18. in real life, he's 23. Okay, so you to anticipate that he's a senior, he's going to college. And then Christian, the Lori Laughlin character, you think she's 19? How old do you think she is supposed to be she's here? She's in college, so 19, 20. Okay, so she's out on tour with the racing the groups. people, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he qualifies for Hell Track. He, there's three races. He finishes second, third, second. Uh, he makes it to the thing. He gets his ten grand. His mom shows up, confronts him because he missed his SATs. Then they solve the first problem, which is he'll just take him in six months. No big and, deal. It's okay, fine. Six months. Lots of people take time off from college for six months. There was a like when they're doing those preliminary races. It looks like the crew cheats. Like he does his own route of the race, like, yeah. which is totally fine, which is totally, that's totally fine. <laughs> he did. He totally cheated. Uh, no one cared. In fact, they're like crew comes up. With a Local boy job. does good. You see this, you see this. The one scene I thought was hilarious as I think it might've been a real local person. And like one guy's pointing at the TV. He's like, you see this, you see this. And then one guy just sitting at the local diner is like, I got eyes. Yes. And also that honestly, my favorite parts were probably at that local local diner because it felt like you were going. This is a snapshot of every small town you go to. Like it's so weird. Like when you go to those small small towns and you're like, it's part restaurant, part like like bodega, part video store. You're like, what the hell kind of place am I in? Like it's like, wh- am I in America? What the hell is this? But it felt like that was this is a real place. It's life in a northern town. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So at this point, let's just be the writers for a minute. Oh, God. Uh, 
hey, we we just solved the SAT problem. We need another uh, problem. We need, a, we need a problem. Now, we still have that Katie chick from the beginning talking about crew. Oh, shit, we already got him a love interest, Aunt Becky, so that cancels that. You want to bring the preppies back? Or do we want to use the mean guy from Sword Circuit 2? <laughs> I hate that mean guy from Short Circuit 2. Well, yeah, let's, what, what, if we, what if we made Bart, Bart Connor, Bart Taylor, what if we make him more of a bad guy? Uh, no. No. Let's, <laughs> let's stick with us. What would Johnny Five say about this? <laughs> he'd say no, no disassemble. That's what he'd say, Glenn. No disassemble. No disassemble. Wouldn't you like it. to be a pepper too? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? That's more of a sorry. Fisher Stevens yeah, uh, impression. <laughs> Who's white, by the way. Uh, brown so, washing this entire film. So, uh, oh, totally lost me. But it felt, I mean, I don't want to turn on this movie, oh, but it felt go. like at this point I was writing the movie in my head too. Like there are moments in rock. I mean, this is a against all odds kind of movie. So there are moments in Rocky, all the Rockies, where he's like doing his training. He's running around town. He's got other people in his neighborhood he says hi to. He always goes and says hi to Father Carmine. Like it felt like there needed to be people in this town who like there was ongoing relationships with. There were things like that. Like even in like A Few Good Men, like there was that guy who worked at the newspaper place that Tom Cruise had this relationship with. And it felt like they could have little stories like that to make it, make it a little more heartwarming, like more connection with the town. Cause later on the whole town gets behind them. But then you're like, who are the cast of characters from the town? Like there's his mom who's a bitch. There's Mr. Hand who's like still kind of a dick, but he's coming around. But I mean, there need to be more relationship between the people and the people and, okay. and, and crew. Okay. I, we've been doing this. We're at our ninth year. So maybe you haven't realized the format of our show yet. We pick a shitty movie, <laughs> we rip it apart, and then say, we really like it. Like, that's just what we do. You don't have to justify anything. Okay. We, it's well, a shitty movie that we enjoy. I didn't that's want to tear – I mean, thing. somebody asked us to make the, to do this show, and I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It's a shitty movie. We haven't finished it. We'll get to the part where we say – but we love it. <laughs> you can't you can't rush that. Okay. We've been doing shitty movies for nine years. All right. So we got back to figure to, out okay, what, what we actually do. <laughs> so Duke is mad. Duke mad. Get glad. Duke is mad because crew is qualified. And not only qualified, he's got talent. And he's got uh, now he's got ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and so the BMX groupies uh, who were earlier with uh, with Bart, they're kind of all over him. They're kind of all over uh, crew, but he doesn't want anything to do with them. So right there, I'm like, are they going to try to do the tricky sex trick where like Becky thinks she's that he's with them, but he's really getting nope, didn't do it. They passed on pass, hard pass. Like, cause he, the so, one the one sexy chicks they walk up to him and they're like, is he going to have sex with these girls? And then all of a sudden, Aunt Becky's going to be mad about that. Um, but Duke, so, but Duke, Duke best who deserves the best, um, has decided that you need to have an entry fee to be in this, in this well, race. Not, not yet. Okay. Duke calls crew to his car and basically he offers him to, to, if you throw it, I'll let you go on tour, all these small towns. And you'll be like the face of small town BMXville. Like 
you'll be able to use my Goliath boards or whatever the brand his brand was, and you'll we'll make you a you know a star. I just you can't beat Bart because they have so much money at writing on this new advertising campaign. They got fanny packs. They got. They got uh, frisbees. They got lunchboxes. Uh, hacky sacks. Snap slap bracelets. They've got everything yeah. has Bart on it, so you can't let snap back hats. Yep, yep. Uh, the hats that you flip up, the biker hats. Okay, yeah, it says something on the bottom. Yep. Yeah, I had a Kool Aid one. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So then Bart refuses to do so. Uh, Duke yells at Bart. And uh, then they find out that Duke has changed the rules and crew can't race because he isn't sponsored. Well, where is that old lady that was at the town meeting? That's what I want to know. She's not standing up. She's not standing up for this guy or or this town. (sighs) Why isn't this movie? Why can't they make this in 2017? (laughs) Because kids don't go outside anymore. No, we've covered that. No, because... (laughs) All it takes is one internet article and everyone's sharing it. And then, and then all of a sudden... It's an atrocity. Yeah. Well, what am I going to be mad at, mad about today? Right. So then, like, a sponsor would pick him up. Mountain Dew would pick him up. Sorry. I'm sorry. I had to... Fiddling. Mountain Dew would pick him up, and uh, then the movie would be over. Yeah. Or, so, or, you know what? Kool-Aid would have picked him up. Yep. <laughs> When's the last time so, you had Kool-Aid? When's the last time you had Kool-Aid? Uh, we get like the Kool-Aid. Like, like the tub? Yeah, like the drink, the bursts. Uh, <laughs> what, about the, what about those individual packets? When's the last time you had any of that? It's been a long time. It's been a long ass why. time, that poor Kool-Aid man, just waiting to burst through that wall, just sitting there. There's probably some in the cabinet from five <laughs> years ago. You think if I snort it, it'll still be okay? <laughs> So, crew, uh, Mr. Hand, by the way, is looking on very disapproving of Duke's shenanigans. Uh, we don't quite, I don't think, know the relationship uh, between Duke and Mr. Hand. We just know they're in cahoots. But Mr. Hand, the look on his face said it all. If, it was, if this was picket fences and he gave that face to Tom Skerritt, it'd be over. It'd be over. So, uh, basically, what they do is the little sister, Aunt Becky, and crew, they set up a clandestine T-shirt operation where if you help, they'll have a nerd do your homework. And it looks like they took over the home ec room at the high school to get this done. They made their dying, it looks like they're dying T-shirts, and then they're also using roller paint to put the, put the, put the logo on T-shirts. It seemed like it was very unnecessary, all the work they were doing. But I don't remember. I didn't make a T-shirt in 1986. I don't know these things. Uh, They probably needed some more fans to get some more ventilation in there. That's all I'm saying. I remember making like a David Letterman T-shirt in uh, like 92 maybe. And I, I, I jacked it up. Well, there's like a, a there's like that iron-on thing that they sold at stores for a while. I did like a G.I. Joe version. Uh, our fan of the show, Jay Holt, she does vinyl printing on T-shirts. Okay. She has a vinyl print make. They turn out very nice. Uh, there's uh, My wife knows, like, there's a lot of ladies out there that uh, they do that. Doesn't your wife have that podcast, Ladies Who Do Stuff and Such? <laughs> I don't want to help her with any of her business. 
Okay, okay. So uh, Rad Racing is born. Uh, Bart and his twins are just weird. They're just being weird all over the place. It's very much uh, like a weird Tomax and Zaymot from G.I. Joe situation. If you say so. Okay. Aunt Becky and, uh, and crew end up in a river again. Uh, ride their bikes off a cliff into a river. That seems safe. Uh, but that happens. I don't know. They really like getting wet. I mean, it's only, you're only one step away from taking a clothes off, Glenn. But they didn't go that step. So they now are sponsored. I got, I'm uh, sponsored by Rad Racing. I got $1,200 from my sister. Word is out that they're going to be able to race. And then, bam, all of a sudden, new rule shows up. Their sponsor has to be worth 50 grand. So Rad Racing is out. Uh, so this is a new problem. Uh, Wesley, the little sister with attitude, full spunk, she, uh, she kicks uh, Duke's goon. Just kicks him. That's assault, brother. <laughs> sister. Uh, we got Mr. Hand. He calls Duke a piece of excrement, and then he flicks him off. That's what they do. And at this point, Duke... No, not yet. Sorry. Uh, Crew, at this point, kind of turns into a whiny little jerk, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he seems like kind of a punk here. And then this is, this is how you alienate girlfriends. This is what you do here. Yeah. Uh, so, but... Out of this whininess and Aunt Becky yelling at him, he decides that the best thing he could possibly do with his life is to become a better paper boy. So every the whole town wakes up and their papers are in place. <laughs> well, End see, of movie. Initially, his first uh, his first race in the beginning, five minutes, five minutes from his best time, and, and all he wants to do, and then he just is like he's blindly in the middle of the street and he just like throws his paper into the air and then all of a sudden it just lands perfectly in the last last spot i love that part and the townspeople rejoiced but they're pissed off now now the townspeople get their paper where they want it they're mad about this injustice that is being portrayed on their paperboy crew so they do what every good small town does they hold a meeting they try to convince the mayor who's also in cahoots to put up town money to sponsor. Uh, he will not do so. Uh, but then they all start pledging. The chief, the chief of police mustache guy, he comes up from earlier and he gives a rousing speech saying, you gotta, you gotta feel this with cash. Uh, they come up short. Here's my question. So they came up $27,000 short. Now they do get this money from Mr. Hand, but why didn't, uh, why didn't crew throw his 10 G's toward it? <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's been making money, selling, like delivering these papers for however long. Well, no, he won ten G's. In oh, the that's race. right. Yeah. Uh, other question: If Crew happens to win this race and win a hundred thousand, is he paying those town people back? Is this an investment in his future, or do they want an return on their investment? Right. These are all things I, I had questions about that were never answered. I'm, if, once again, if the people had message boards to type in, I'm sure everyone would have their opinion about where that money should go. <laughs> so uh, crew, they raised the money. Uh, the town people, very pleased. Uh, 
Everyone's pleased except for who? Duke. Uh, D- Duke. They tell him at like a press conference. He storms off stage. He drinks whiskey. He goes over to the twins. He goes over to Bart. He tells the twins, your job is to take him out. And Bart, your job is to win. And this upsets Bart and the twins. They like they don't like to be told what to do all the time by this guy. Well, it feels like they kind of have that like surfer dude, skateboarder dude attitude. Like they're okay competing, but they want to be friends with people afterwards. Right. And so they go up to uh, Duke goes up to Mr. Hand, who we find out was the donor of the twenty seven thousand uh, dollars. And Duke basically says, you know, half of you own half of this. So you're going to get zero both ways. Uh, so then we find is that the first time we find out Mr. Hand was like a money player or did I just sleep through something? Well, he was up on the stage in the very beginning. Right. So obviously right. maybe he's he, in cahoots. Yeah. Like when you go to so, a small town America and you build a small town of 15 to 20,000 people and you build the world's largest and most intricate bike course, you're going to need some people there to back that up. That's true. So Mr. Hand flips off Duke again. He likes to flip Duke off. And then crew signs a cast, just a random scene thrown in there. Why was that thrown in there? Well, I think maybe it was a way of seeing that uh, the other bikers, they respect crew. Okay, so you didn't do your research at all. Okay. Uh, that was a one of their stunt guys. He actually broke his leg doing one of the tricks in, uh, in shooting. And so they wanted to like get him in the movie just as like a, hey, sorry about that. So they had crew sign this cast. It's a he's showing respect to crew as a biker now. He's um, one thing I really did love about the movie was the stunts were amazing, but also the crashes when people did wipe out. It looked like they did wipe yeah. out. Uh, so and I believe this, and I could be wrong on this, but I think the same stunt person who was crew stunt person was also Aunt Becky's stunt person. We do find out Aunt Becky, uh, she won a best female trophy. Uh, yeah, but, but we they, don't they see that race. We don't see any lady, any then, other ladies except the blonde girls. And they never show like her with the trophy. Like they say, "Oh, we're gonna next, we're gonna award her the trophy." And then that scene do- doesn't make the cut. I guess. They, I don't know. But she, at this point, during the last moments of the movie, she has this the low cut biker outfit. <laughs> yes, she does. So the police chief, uh, he tells crew, "Go balls out." as he's on his way up to the to the top of the uh, hell race, hell track. Uh, go balls out. And that's where the original title came from. Uh, and Did you see that at the, on posters at the uh, hanging on the wall outside of a movie theater? Balls out? Balls out. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's balls of fury, I guess. That, well, different. Different, I think. Hey, do you want to... I thought here we could just put the race each of us on silent we could do play by play for it <laughs> no okay. okay we won't do that uh, it was a good idea though uh so so they, point, they literally make the world's steepest racetrack the world's steepest intro into like this isn't part of the movie i'd seen like 50 times in real life i think it was a 10 or maybe 12 foot drop at the beginning and the bikers like made them change the set because it was like impossible to, for them to like do the drop. Like they made it too steep, and the bikers were like, "We can't." This is I will fall yeah. off the bike. So I right. think it Every looked time. like they kept the same construction. Like it was like twenty five feet, and then they it looks like they just added more dirt to make it make it less yeah. less steep. Because I'm like, we well, already painted hell track on it. What the hell do you want me to do? We can't. <laughs> 
So basically, the track was like maybe 45 seconds a lap. Uh, there was some jumps and some dives. And it looked like and they have like a giant bathtub in the middle of it. Yeah, it did. So crew wins the first. Uh, similar to similar to Mousetrap, the uh, the board game. <laughs> crew wins the first couple laps. Uh, then he falls out. Then he cheats again. Uh, he, he he cuts the course again, and then he's still getting beat. Uh, at this point, uh, he's he moves from eighth back up to second, and it's him and Bart. And uh, Bart waits up for him. So this sports and, underdog story has a cheater, but also has a more honorable racer by the name of Bart. So the heel does the right thing. Yeah. The face is a cheater. Uh, and then we get, so we're at the last like three quarters of the lap. Bart waits for him so they could go man on man one on one. And they do that and crew narrowly beats him. Uh, the town goes crazy. Uh, Bart turns complete face. And he goes and he shakes uh, Crew's hand. Uh, and then Wesley, the, the little girl, offers Bart a spot on the rad team because he just got fired from his t- – Mongoose. That's what it was, Mongoose. He just got fired from his team. And then credits. Boom. I, I, I want more of an ending. There needs to be more. I got well, – what do you expect? You want to see them on the road? You think like a little montage of them on the road going to different places after that? Like, cause they do have a, a lot of just like, they go straight to like another montage of people just doing dirt bike tricks. Yeah. No, I mean, maybe how about they talk? They, uh, like the townspeople like honor him or something or <laughs> where's his trophy trophies, trophies, you know, where's this trophy? Um, what about Adrian? We just see her like during the race and she's not even excited. She's like, kind of excited but she could have been way more excited at the end maybe adrian i don't know you got freaking adrian balboa user yeah well there there are moments in like major league where they they cut out to the workmen they cut out to the the asian grounds crew they cut out to the people at the bar they're still shitty who are these fucking guys like there needed to be people like that there needed to be uh like Adrian needed to have some kind of comeuppance. There needed to be bigger struggles for them other than, I mean, of course, they needed to raise money. It was like the simplest thing to come up with in the world. Like, there's only like two hurdles that he needed to get by, and then all of a sudden, he's the best. I mean, and he didn't need, even need to practice to beat these best people in the world that do this in and out every week. And he's like, all we know is that he's never even been on a track like this. Oh, he, they say he hasn't. He's never had a real race. All that being said, Red is a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would still watch it. Oh again. man, I I kept thinking like while I'm watching, I'm like, what would I have done differently? Like things. Oh man, I, even if it, like you could have added like five or six more minutes. I mean, and then maybe cut some of those montages. A montages, little shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, you know, maybe more camaraderie with the group, more camaraderie in the town. I think like even like a, a scene where they're all together, like all the bikers are together traveling around the country, like going to different places and doing different bike stuff. I think that'd be kind of, I mean, it'd be half a day of shooting, half a day of shooting. Boom. Got that done. What, what happens with the twins? Are they, do they join Bart or they stay healed? Like these are all things. I do they, know. Do they finally come out to their parents. That's what I want to know. But together to get, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, see, we're going to be married questions. to the same woman, mom. All of these questions I have. It's okay. It is what it is. I think I, overall it is a rad movie. It is a rad movie. I enjoy it. I just wish that 
I was in 1985 to shoot this movie, and I think I could have done a decent job. <laughs> <laughs> so the remake remake is, is on its way. The premise, we'd have to completely redo the whole premise. You can't do this premise. It wouldn't make sense in today's modern world. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add to um, I? Remember to this a review? Uh, no. Uh, thank you for your suggestion. And we're happy to, we did it. I do think Rad is a Rad movie. And uh, we look forward to next week doing The Toy. Oh, I wasn't sure if we were doing that or not. Doing The Toy. We're definitely going to do The Toy. Why wouldn't we do that? Why would not? Because we said we talked about doing The Toy. We're doing The Toy. Uh, we're going to have a special guest with us, too. Okay. Richard Pryor. Thank you so much for checking us out here at the Awesome Manies, awesomemanies.com, awesomemanies.net, awesomemanies at GeoCities. Uh, we're doing our weekly Prodigy chat every Thursday nights at 7 p.m. on Prodigy. <laughs> it's all 80s all the time. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and the Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out Glenn's latest tweeter, twit on the Twitter. I do tweet. On the twit. Uh, I don't know what your issues with my tweet. Uh, All t-shirts have been sent out too. All right. Uh, We do have t-shirts available for purchase. Um, uh, They are, uh, they're very much similar to the ones in rad. You can get any color t-shirt you want, but, and and then any single color logo. So it'd be one color t-shirt, one color logo. Can we talk about t-shirts real quick? Okay, go ahead. We're bad businessmen. I didn't set this up to have. I set this up so I could swear in my basement and avoid my wife. I didn't. I didn't set this up as a business. Let's say twenty bucks, and we'll ship it. That includes shipping anywhere in the continent of the United States. Because we lost money <laughs> this week. I lost money. All the shirts are out, and hopefully they do get to you, and you will be enjoying the 100% cotton U.S.-made T-shirts. Let's talk about the Postal Service. How was it 20 cents cheaper for three hours later for me to send the same shirt to California than it was for me to send it 40 miles from here? 20 cents cheaper. Uh, thanks again for for checking us out. Uh, we do uh, we do have our own Facebook page, and we do appreciate all the traffic on the Facebook page. <laughs> Stay awesome. Everybody. Stay awesome. Go. You still here? Don't, 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 don't worry about us. We'll be all right. It's over. Should you need us? Yes. Should you need us? For any reason at all. Go home. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Go.
Dude, this podcast is done, man.